What's going on, everybody? John and Pemby here with Adam Ronis. Welcome into the Anti Up podcast here, uh, wrapping up uh, Sunday football here in week 12. Uh, Adam, we just watched a, uh, a a boring, brutal watch of a uh, Cleveland Browns Baltimore Ravens game. Not quite the uh, the excitement we saw from these two teams on Monday Night Football uh, last year, where they they both put up like 50 points. But uh, you know, there are some games this week that uh, just weren't too good. Yeah, and this was definitely one of them. I mean, I knew you can always get this type of game in a division game. Teams know each other well, but. I mean, we know the Browns offense has been struggling, you know, Baker Mayfield trying to play through injury, which is why I didn't understand why they came out throwing a lot. And there were open receivers at times, but they basically ignored the running game. And I know people will be like, well, they only averaged 2.4 yards a carry. Nick Chubb had four carries in the first half. He had eight for the game. I know Kareem Hunt only had seven. Like, but that's your strength, you know, and I understand the Ravens are better against the run, but like they just didn't even try. So that was surprising and then baltimore did all they could to give this game away lamar jackson had four interceptions just mind-boggling they couldn't really do anything in this game so yeah it was just an ugly game uh for fantasy you probably if you played landry you're okay six for 111 i mean yeah. we Mark haven't seen andrews. that much yeah, yeah, andrews had the touchdown solid. and hollywood brown eight for 51 but that's it. I mean, Lamar Jackson, if you had him, that was a disappointing game. I mean, he did have the 68 rushing yards, but one touchdown, four picks. And yeah, it was just a, it was an ugly game, man. I mean, there were sequences in this game that were comical. It was a fourth down play where there was penalties, running guys running off the field at last 90 seconds of the first half. And then it was just Lamar threw a pick. Baker turned it over. It was just like, yeah, it was just a, a very, very sloppy game and a, a really bad loss for the Browns because they really could have made that AFC North really hectic. and. Um, you know, the Ravens have just found a way to win games this year. You know, they've been in a lot of close games. They've had some big come from behind wins. And uh, they are currently sitting as the number one seed in the AFC. Yeah, that's pretty wild, too, again, because they, we've seen them, like you mentioned, play close games, come back, uh, come from behind. And, you know, when they will be interesting to see yeah, when they play, you know, maybe some of the, the better caliber uh, teams, how they how that ends up holding up for them, because, you know, they feel rather one-dimensional at times. and you know, Yeah, like I don't see how they can be successful in the postseason with Latavius Murray and Freeman. I just right. don't. And, you know, uh, and you get a good defense that forces them to pass. And Cleveland played very well defensively tonight. And you saw the mistakes. I don't know if I ever brought this up with you. I know I talked about it with Fence, the inventor. This started to occur, like I noticed it like week five or six. Look at the Ravens' travel schedule, bro. They have gone nowhere. Yep. So they went to Vegas to open in Denver week four. And after their furthest trip after that was Miami. That's a two-hour flight from Maryland. So they have gone nowhere. They played, uh, what was it, four straight home games or something like that. And then, you know, they had their bye. And so they were home this week. They're at Pittsburgh next week, short trip. At Cleveland, short trip. Home to Green Bay. At Cincinnati, short trip. Home to the Rams, home to They have no travel this year. They got two trips that they got done in the first four weeks of the season. Yeah, you and I talked about this because we, okay. we were talking about it with the uh, when the Bengals had three straight road games. Yes, uh, and how it's crazy! I've never, I don't, I'm sure it's happened, but I don't ever recall a schedule like that. No, for sure not. You know, and and you know, sometimes it breaks that way when you're you know facing certain divisions and conferences and like your interdivision schedule and whatnot. Uh, but that is pretty wild uh, that they don't have much travel going on for sure, especially you know teams 
you know, we talk about it a lot. Guys, teams that have to travel West Coast, East Coast, West Coast, East Coast uh, tends to catch up to them a little bit there. So um, that was our Sunday night football game. Uh, Baltimore uh, pulling off uh, the win over Cleveland. Uh, before we get back to the one o'clock games, let's take a quick break here. Pay some bills here. Get out to our sponsors. All right, and we're back here. Let's let's go over the uh, the early games that happened in this slate. We'll start off with the Atlanta Falcons, Jacksonville Jaguars here. Atlanta covered uh, the spread. Came in under uh, 21-14. Uh, Cordell Patterson returned, and Cordell Patterson made an impact. And that's basically been uh, the story for Atlanta this season. Yeah, he's been amazing, man. And I, I don't have him anywhere. You know, I was slow to, to say, yeah, I'll take him. And, uh, you know, wish I had at this point, obviously, because he's clearly been their MVP, uh, 108 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns, two receptions, 27 yards. And pretty much that's all they really needed in this game. Um, they didn't really get much else. I mean, the run game uh, outside of him is a disaster. and You don't even need to roster those guys. I mean, Russell Gage came through six for 62 and a touchdown, but another down game for Kyle Pitts, two for 26 on six targets. So. I mean, you're really only playing Patterson on this team right now. I guess you still are playing Pitts, but you don't feel good about it, obviously. But, I mean, I think he's probably got to go down the tight end rankings a little bit in future weeks, um, for sure. And, you know, Gage, you can't count on him every week. He can't, He got the touchdown today, but yeah. six for 62 on seven targets. But, yeah, I mean, this is just not a great offense. Not a great offense. Uh, on the Jack Jacksonville Jaguars side of things, um, Robinson – 17 for 86, uh, added in four, uh, three catches for 29 yards, did fumble. Uh, I thought the story going into this game was Urban Meyer saying, oh, we, we want to get LaVisca Chenault, uh, maybe some carries and more involved in the offense all around. Uh, he finished the game with zero carries, uh, and he also had uh, in this game five catches for 33 yards, did lead the team uh, with nine targets, and seemingly they shifted him back in to the slot with a, a Agnew out. Um, but nothing really going on for Jacksonville. And Dan Arnold left this game with an injury. Yeah, one of their few bright spots, even though he had a zero last week. So that is not good if you were relying on him. And uh, Chanel did play a lot in the slot, but still played less snaps than uh, Laquan Treadwell. So yeah, it's another offense that, you know, Robinson you play. And probably maybe- it. Maybe yeah, Larissa. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Even Marvin Jones is just not doing enough. So, yeah, it feels like we have too many offenses right now where we can't even rely on a lot. Yeah, definitely not. Uh, next matchup here, we had Pittsburgh versus Cincinnati. Oof, divisional matchup that did not stay close. Cincinnati won 41 to 10 here. Uh, after weeks of banging my head against a wall of playing Joe Burrow uh, and watching Joe Mixon go off, I finally played Joe Mixon this week, Adam, uh, in DFS. Uh, he was just 7% rostered uh, in my contest as well. Uh, he had nine touches on the first drive. I think he had 20, for a, 20 carries for 100 yards by halftime. No, uh, he had a, no that's what was wrong. He had 100 carries in the first half. Yeah, 100 carries. Yeah. yeah it was, they, 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 listen, we've talked about it a lot. They've made a commitment to feeding the ball to Joe Mixon this season. Nothing was more evident than that game here today. Uh, and, and, yeah, they, they didn't even play the starters in the fourth quarter. Uh, everybody had been benched on, on the Cincinnati side. Uh, Jamar Chase, big old disappointment today despite all the production. Uh, T. Higgins and uh, Joe Mixon did all the damage here against Pittsburgh. 
Yeah, I mean, it's tough to get mad at Jamar Chase. I do have him in a couple leagues, but, you know, unfortunately, this has happened a couple times this year where Cincinnati has had some big leagues and it's hurt, you know, Joe Burrow from a fantasy perspective because I think a lot of the appeal for Burrow going in the air is, all right, this team's not great defensively. They'll play from behind. He's going to put it up 35, 40 times. A lot of weeks it hasn't happened. This was one of them now. He did get the passing touchdown. He also ran in the score. So it wasn't the worst, especially when you see some of the quarterback play this week. Yeah. Uh, T. Higgins finally had the big game. I feel like every week I'm like, oh, he's $15 on Yahoo playing. <laughs> and then it doesn't happen. And this finally happened. And he almost had a second touchdown. But it was really close. They reviewed it. Said no. And they got it at the one. And they yeah, gave and it to, uh, they gave it to Mixon. So that sucked. Because well, I don't have Mixon in season. Well, I have Mixon. Yeah, yeah, and I have quite a bit of T. Higgins. So that sucked. Um <laughs> And look, Pittsburgh, I all year I've been saying they're just not that good. They're not that good. But I did think they could keep this close because Tomlin's been good as an underdog. But I'm happy to see the Bengals kick the shit out of them. Not a fan of the Steelers. I mean, and they just were terrible today. And their starters were in there so late. So yeah. you got lucky because Pat Fryer scored late. He was four for 40 to touch. Deontay Johnson came through nine for 95. Even Claypool, three for 82 wasn't bad. It was Najee Harris, though, that really had a down game. But yeah, I mean, the other thing, too, with Pittsburgh is I think people still have this reputation. Oh, Pittsburgh's defense is good. They are not good against the run. So that's why you got Mixon at low ownership because, you know, today's slate, like, he should have been up there. Like, yeah, he you was know, only $7,500 on DraftKings today. Yeah. Um, and, and nobody played him. Not Everybody paid up for McCaffrey. Um, he was the chalk running back. I can't uh, fault people for doing the that. Day. And, yeah, just they didn't, they didn't have the money. Or, or didn't want to spend up for two running backs today. Uh, so nobody was in on the mixing train. Yeah, well, it worked out for those that have them. Certainly did. Certainly worked out there. Um, next matchup here, Tennessee, New England. Uh, New England wins their, uh, I think it's like their fifth in a row now. Uh, they're 36-13 here. Uh, Tennessee ran all over New England. I think I think the Patriots were willing to, I, I guess, you know, they always say Belichick takes away one thing and lets you do the other. Uh, well, both there was Foreman to take away. Well, that's the thing. They, they weren't going to let Tannehill throw on them. He only had 93 yards, but they allowed two 100-yard rushers. Uh, Hilliard had 131. He had the 68-yard uh, touchdown. Foreman had 109. Um, you know, that was that's pretty much it from a fantasy perspective from on the Tennessee side of things. But, uh, you know, this is another game that was uh, not really exciting. There's a lot of field goals. Yeah, you know. All week, I'm looking at it. I'm like, I have to take New England, man. Like, But then I started to think, well, everyone's going to be on New England. And what if, uh, you know, Vrabel finds a way to keep it close? You know, he knows Belichick well. And I was just like, I can't, man. Just looking at this team, how are they going to get it done? Uh, so fortunately, I stuck with that because I just didn't see how Tennessee was going to find a way. Although it was close for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, New England could have run the ball at all. I mean... Damian Harris fortunately found the end zone, but uh, Kendrick Bourne with two touchdowns. I mean, he's been really good over the last few weeks. And uh, yeah, for Tennessee, you had uh, Dontrell Hilliard at 12 carries, 131 yards and a touchdown uh, and one catch for two yards. I picked him up in a couple of weeks, but, but did not play him. And then Deonta Foreman also 19 carries for 109. Um, he They both lost fumbles uh, as well. So... That's something to keep an eye on. They do have a bye next week, though. So we'll see. I mean, Jeremy Nichols could be back. But I would have to think, you know, they they rolled the tandem of Hilliard uh, Foreman for now. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. 
uh, there. I picked up Foreman in, in a league and was you know, had a start on this week. So uh, definitely paid off getting him to that, that 100 yards there. Uh, Carolina-Miami was the next game here. Uh, Mr. I'm back, Cam Newton, one of the worst quarterback performances. Uh, I think I saw it was a tweet. Uh, he had the lowest completion percentage of a quarterback to complete to attempt 20-plus passes since Joey Harrington. Uh, um, and he, he ended up being benched in this game. Uh, started off strong, you know, got that touchdown right away, took it away from McCaffrey, but 5 of 21, 92 yards, and two interceptions for Cam Newton. Uh, didn't really get much better when they put in Walker, 5 of 10, 87 yards, and a pick of his own. Uh, CMC injured, left this game, was seen in a walking boot at the, at the end. Uh, not great for those with McCaffrey. Hopefully you held on to Hubbard. Uh, if you did have him or if Hubbard's available in your league, uh, definitely want to go ahead and make a claim on him this week. Panthers do have a buy, though, in week 13, so keep that in mind. But, yeah, this was just a horrific performance. Uh, P.J. Walker, as you mentioned, wasn't much better. He he took four sacks, so uh, just a disaster across the board. I mean, we're really only using D.J. Moore in a receiving game, and he did come through four for 103 on 10 targets. Robbie Anderson back to where he has been. Not on the stat sheet. <laughs> yeah, man. So it, it was definitely really bad here. Um, Jalen Waddle, big game, though, for Miami. Ten targets, nine for 137 a touchdown. Miles Gasket with his usual 3.1 yards per carry, but yeah. did find the end zone twice. Um, and they did um, they did use four running backs today, though. I mean, maybe it was the game was in hand, but Gaskin played 37 snaps, Lindsey 15, Ackman 13, and Laird 12. So, uh, Lindsey, they had just recently acquired. Yeah, the Lindsay thing was interesting because he was active, but all reports were that he wasn't going to play much because, um, you know, because of his lack of knowledge of the playbook. But basically, when he was out on the field, he, he got the carries. Like you said, 15 snaps of 12 carries. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that split works out. Uh, we did have somebody kind of trolling us uh, today uh, with the Gaston's call because we had you know, called him a fade for, for the day. He's like, oh, good call. The two touchdowns. I'm like, he has averaging 2.8 yards a carry. Yeah, man, come on, man. You like, know? People, like, people yeah. don't understand that, man. Like, you know, it's one thing if you said fade a guy and he goes off for 160 yards and two touchdowns. Like, all right, yeah, we were wrong. Dude had 49 yards and 16 carries, man. 3.1 yards a pop. Like, touchdown variance happens. Yeah. Right? And that's this case, right? I mean, if he doesn't score a touchdown, the guy doesn't say anything. Right. No, totally. You know? That's and totally. You just kind of let those comments fly, but I'm just shaking my head. I'm like, he's literally not having a good game. He's just getting lucky with all these turnovers, putting them in good field position, and he's punching in the score. So we go through this every week with tight ends, right? People loved Hunter Henry for weeks, right? Why? Yeah. Because he was finding the end zone. What's happened now? He's not finding the end zone, and he's just like every other tight end. Like it's yeah. just, people don't understand it. Like life was good. Oh, Hunter Henry, two touchdowns. Against Cleveland. Yeah, he had four catches for 37 yards. The week before, two for 19. One for, like, it was easy to see, okay, when these touchdowns don't come, you're going to get some shit lines. That's what happened. What does Hunter Henry do this week? Two for 16. Week before, two for 25. Not yep. so good without a touchdown, right, guys? Not, not so good at all. Uh, next matchup here, we're a bunch of not-so-good teams. Uh, the New York Jets versus the Houston Texans. The Jets actually pull off uh, the win here. Uh, again, a lot of ugliness in this one. Uh, Tevin Coleman, you know, everybody, you know, and I had to talk fancy out of this one here, uh, Adam. He was in on, on Ty Johnson uh, for this week, and I, I had to tell him. I had to pull him back a little bit. It was like, listen, last week when, when Carter got hurt, uh, Ty Johnson still only with one carry and one target. It was Tevin Coleman that got the lead work. 
Uh, and Coleman did that here, 16 for six. Yeah, Coleman seven. still sucked, though. Yeah, no, he wasn't good. great. No, he wasn't great, but he got the work, you know? Almost yeah, I, I still I still would have played Ty Johnson over him. The thing with Ty Johnson is he didn't get the receptions, and I guess that's with Zach Wilson in a quarterback. Yeah. Um, that's the problem, yeah. and they were also playing from ahead. I, I thought the Jets could win this game. I, I know when we did our um, picks uh, early look ahead, I said, I'm taking the Jets. I was like, oh, I can't. I mean, that's a bitter Jets fan, but like the Texans should not be favored by two and a half, three over yeah. anyone. I'm sorry, they can't. And I know the Jets yeah. suck, but I was like, I'll take the Jets. I think they can win the game. And um, again, yeah, nothing special here from a fantasy perspective. Um, it sucked. Austin Walter got that fucking rushing touchdown. Yeah. Um, I was like, I'm like, who, what's an Austin Walter and what's going on? Yeah, here? it's so ridiculous, man. And then, um, you know, if you use Elijah Moore, four for 46 and one carry seven yards. OK, not great, but we should have known we have Wilson there. And then on the Texan side. Yeah, not much either. I mean, you got, Brandon Brandon Cooks, got the end zone. Yeah, yeah, which was fine. But, you know, it's just another offense where Cooks is like the only guy you could use. Yeah, he's pretty much it. You can't use the running backs. You know, I thought maybe this was an opportunity for one of those backs against a bad Jets team to get going, but uh, it wasn't. Nothing nothing going on there for any of those guys there. So uh, let's move on to the next matchup uh, that we had here. Philadelphia versus uh, the, uh, the New York Giants. A 13-7 final here. Uh, not, fell well under the expected total. Uh, new offensive coordinator with the Giants. Uh, not really anything impressive uh, between these teams. I guess the one thing that stood out was Jalen Hurts struggling to throw the football, right? Last week, three rushing touchdowns. Hey, everything's Jalen Hurts is great. This week, only 77 yards, doesn't find the end zone, throws three picks. Yeah, he was not good, but on that final drive, especially his receivers did not help him out. Jalen Rager should have caught two passes. He didn't. Um, Dallas Goddard with a missed pass as well. Again, Hurts was not good, but on that final drive, they could have at least helped him out and, and maybe won this game. Again, Hurts saves his day with the 77 rushing yards. Uh, but, yeah, he wasn't good. And then – so I know Miles Sanders got banged up, but he still was in the game. Like, they kept going to Boston Scott. I know Boston Scott has made a career of tearing up the Giants. Like, what is it like? Most of his touchdowns in his career are against the Giants. So Sanders looked good and then played 22 snaps. Did he, like, leave and not come back? Or they just yeah, stuck with so Boston Scott? What? So from what I saw floating around the Twitter sphere is that he like had a, a knee injury or something. And it was, yeah, he limped off in the second half. He returned. Oh, he returned for a few plays, but then it was mostly Scott. But yeah, was yep, that that's just what I saw. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's just they said, all right, we're going to stick with him. So, I mean, that's something to pay attention to. But it, yeah, it's been a miserable year if you have Miles Sanders, because when the Eagles decide to actually commit to the run, he's hurt. And then he comes right. back and they're passing again. So yeah, another miserable game across the board. I saw Devonta Smith was really upset throwing his helmet because he only got four targets in this game, two for 22. I don't know. I'm pretty sure most people did not play Boston Scott. I have him in multiple leagues, didn't even consider starting him. Um, and then on the Giants side, again, another bag of shit game. I mean, they were wow. trying to get Kenny Galladay a touchdown. The guy sucks, man. I am so glad I stayed away from him. When people were drafting him before he got injured in the preseason in the fourth round, I was loving it. Fourth round, yeah. I'm like, take him. I just didn't think he was a good fit with Daniel Jones. Did I see him being this bad? No, but I just didn't see him being a good fit. He's banged up. He was banged up last year. He was banged up at camp. And, um, you know, Barkley, another disappointing game for the him. Barkley thing is hilarious. I, I, I was trying to talk a buddy of mine off of playing him in DFS this week. He thought he was going to be low on, which he actually wasn't. Uh, Barkley was like 18% this week. Uh, really? 
Yeah, at his price. Yeah, people were wow. all in. Oh, wait, he was like six? Is that why? Uh, he was cheap. And yeah, I think people were maybe looking at the matchup and thinking new offensive coordinator or whatever. Um, he had the 32-yard run. He only mm-hmm. had 40 yards total. Uh, there was a point in time where I took a screenshot where uh, he had 31 yards of rushing, but his long run for the day was 32. Uh, so basically, he was losing yards on every other carry uh, he had at the day based off the long the, the long run of 32 yards. So uh, not just not good there. And then, you know, Philadelphia, the worst team in the league against tight ends. You're thinking Evan Ingram. And then it's something I can't even pronounce his name. My, Myrick? Myrick? My, whatever. Two for 11 and a score, stealing the Ingram touchdown. Evan Ingram sucks. It's just never going to happen, man. I mean, they had this was like a perfect opportunity. You mentioned the great matchup. No Tony, no Shepard. It just doesn't happen for him, man. Yeah. Yeah. They had, he had a PI in the end zone. That's the, the and then the, the, the other tight end was the one that got the ball. So that, that was uh, certainly frustrating for those uh, who had rostered Evan Ingram after, you know, the, the run of tight end success against the Eagles, which I guess technically continued. Uh, just not with the number one tight end there. My God, man, the more we go through these box scores, the more depressing it is. There's been hardly any big days. Yeah, there. Well, we'll get to a big day right now. Tampa Bay versus Indianapolis. There's uh, depressing shit there too. It's depressing. Uh, Tampa Bay, we know, not great on the road. They were 0 five against the spread uh, coming into this game. Uh, looked dreadful uh, for the majority of this one. Came on with a big second half uh, to end up winning. But from a fantasy angle here. Tom Brady, 25 of 34, one touchdown, one interception. Leonard Fournette, 17 for 103 rushing touchdowns, added seven catches for 31 yards and a fourth total score. Nobody played Leonard Fournette this week in DFS. He was 1.8% in my contest. Uh, And then Ronald Jones somehow gets in the mix, seven for 37, adds a rushing touchdown of his own. Uh, So all four touchdowns here. Uh, in this game by Tampa Bay, done by the running backs. Uh, take that for what it's worth. We did at least get Rob Gronkowski. And in a league that I'm in, Gronk was actually released. Uh, so I picked I picked him up <laughs> two weeks ago, and I've started wow. him in the last two weeks. I mean, he's uh, pretty they, much, I think he's pretty much a top five tight end the rest of the way. Easy. easy. I mean, yeah, because you're taking him over pits now. Yep. Um, we got to see what the extent of the Waller injury is. It doesn't sound that serious. I mean, Kelsey, obviously. I mean, you can make a case for Gronk over Kittle. I mean, we'll get to Kittle after, but. If Gronk's playing like this, he could be the number one tight end the rest of the way. I'm not, I'm not saying that yeah. hyperbole. No, like. <laughs> I, I, I don't think so either. I mean, look, he's not going to get 10 targets every week. I think this was a matchup where they went um, to the middle more yeah. and Gronk was open. Even Brait had three for 23. Um, but yeah, no doubt about it. And. Yeah, you know, Godwin four for 24, Evans three for 16. That was surprising and disappointing. Brady was not good from a fantasy perspective. I have him in a league and yeah. really crushed me this week. I mean, it might cost me a W, um, but and they could get Antonio Brown next week, too. Yeah, so I think that's something definitely to watch for there. On the Indianapolis Colts side, uh, Carson Wentz did have 306 and three touchdowns, uh, two interceptions are there. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, you and I talked about it right before we jumped on. I took them forever. They actually yeah, I Taylor in this one. Most of his touches came in the fourth quarter. Look, I remember saying I liked what the Cowboys did in week one. They said, we're going to come out throwing. We're not even going to try and run with Zeke. And it worked. But they have CeeDee Lamb at that point. They had a load of weapons. Like, the Colts don't. And we're already halfway through the season. 
Jonathan Taylor just tore up a Bills defense that was number one in run DVOA. I know Vito uh, Aveo was back, but you know what? Test them out. And they weren't even giving Taylor an opportunity. And then it's the fourth quarter. Okay, let's give him the ball. And Taylor had a great drive. Or yeah. even there was a play early in the game where they threw it to him in space and he picked up like eight yards. I'm like, okay, if you don't want to run and you're that scared, then get him the ball in space. It made no sense. I mean, this is a game they easily could have won. They had some bad turnovers, terrible Naheem Hunts. Uh, muffed a punt that put them, you know, inside the 15. Uh, Pasco had a fumble that he lost. That That's really what cost the Colts in this game turnovers yeah. because the Bucks defense was not stopping them at all. Nope. Um, you know, Pittman had a disappointing game, some drops, 10 targets, four for 53. Um, and that's the thing with this offense, too. It's all right. We're playing Taylor. We're playing Pittman. And you can't even rely on the tight ends. I know Doyle had the big game. Yeah, six yeah, out of nowhere, touchdown. Jack Doyle goes for six for 81 and a score. Yeah, I mean, because they passed more than usual. But, you yeah. know, he played 42 snaps. Mo Cox played 39. Uh, even Kyle Granson played nine snaps. So, it's you know, you can't rely on those tight ends. It's really Taylor and Pittman. But, yeah, this was a, a game that, you know, the Colts were in control for a while. I mean, they were up 24-14 at the half. But you kind of just got the sense that once Tampa got some of those turnovers, I was like, all right, they're going to win this game. Yep, for sure. Uh, next game that we have here, uh, we have Minnesota versus San Francisco. Uh, 49ers win this one 34-26. Uh, aside from the score, the big news here uh, was Dalvin Cook carted off the field with a chest pectoral injury, uh, going to get evaluated with an MRI. Uh, but, you know, that one could be pretty serious. Yeah, it sounds like he's going to miss time. It's just a question of how much time at this point. So, you know, Alexander Madison should not be available in any league, maybe in some 10 team leagues he is. But even if you saw it over the last couple of weeks, that was a time to scoop him up. I almost dropped him only because it's the FSGA league. It's a 14 team league and we only have six bench spots. So when you get those bye weeks and you need a tight end or a quarterback and I don't roster a backup quarterback, I actually do have a backup tight end only because the week that Goddard had the concussion, I was worried and Goddard has a bye week 14. But I was like, nah, I can't do it. I can't do it. Thank goodness. Because uh, right. now I have him and I'll obviously start him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this was a you know pretty entertaining game considering what we had going this week. And Kirk Cousins lined up under the guard instead of the center. They had to call a timeout. Uh, so Kirk Cousins uh, providing some fodder here. He did throw a pick. Uh, they had a chance late, but they couldn't do they anything. They couldn't stop the run. They, they, they let them run. They, they basically killed like eight, nine minutes there at the end of that quarter. And that's what the 49ers have been doing, man. They, they had a member that Monday night, 13-minute drive yeah. in the first quarter. So um, Elijah Mitchell showed he's fine, 27 for 133 in a touchdown. And he's more involved in the passing game now, too, five for 35. Yeah. But Devo Samuel someone we have to keep an eye on. He left with a groin injury. Now, yeah. he did speak to – he, he did, did speak yeah. to the media after the game. Usually if a guy is seriously injured, they don't talk to the media. Um, I, did they say he's going to get an MRI? I think so. so he right? said that he's going to get an MRI, but he's not too worried about it. Basically, he felt it tightening up on him, and he took himself out of the game is what he said because uh, he didn't want it to be uh, become something serious. So uh, they're going to get it checked out an MRI. He said he's just going to take it day to day from there, but he doesn't think it's anything to be concerned about. Yeah, well, I mean, I know those that have him in fantasy are definitely holding their breath. I mean, he also had a calf injury that he's been battling this yeah. year. I mean, he's just been unbelievable. Well, man. What about his usage to you? I mean, Adam, four targets, one catch, leave six carries, 66 yards, two scores. 
is he a receiver or is he a running back? What what is he? Uh, I don't know why they're not getting him the ball more in a passing game. I mean, look, it's working now on the ground, no doubt about it. But I don't understand, you know, if you're going to throw the ball 26 times, why is he only getting four targets? You can make the same case with Kittle. Two targets for Kittle, one catch for 13 yards? Come on, man. And I think that was the concerns we had with Kittle. Um, even though I think he would, he scored a touchdown in three straight games before yeah. today. So he was coming through, but you know, they want to run the football, man. And you know, they've been playing better. They're now over 500. They're actually in the playoffs. If it started today, as well as Minnesota, Minnesota somehow in at five and six in the wacky NFC. Um, but you know, the 49ers are finally healthy. They've won four of the last five games. And, you know, I know before the year we were talking about how great the schedule is for the 49ers down the stretch for fantasy. And, you know, they're at Seattle next week, at Cincinnati, home to Atlanta, at Tennessee, home to the Texans in championship week. Uh, and the Ram game for most leagues doesn't count in week 18. So they have a really nice schedule. Oh, they have the best playoff schedule. I've been yeah. I've been saying it for weeks now. Yeah, so they can make a, a really nice run here. Um, you know, they had a stretch too. You know, they lost to the Packers. They lost to the Cardinals. They lost to the Colts. I mean, those are good teams. Yeah. Um, so... They, and, you know, they beat the Rams and the Vikings. Those are not I – mean, maybe the Rams are a shit team now, but we'll get to that. But, yeah. no, I mean, it's just there's so much parity, man, and especially with that extra playoff spot now, uh, San Francisco is trending in the right direction. Yep. Uh, next matchup here, we have the Chargers versus the Broncos. Uh, Denver, 28-13 winners here. Uh, next week, I think it is, they play the Chiefs and what could be for the division lead, actually, in the uh, – uh, Which is nuts. Yeah. AFC West. You trade Von Miller and yet you keep winning. And now you may be a playoff team. Uh, I wonder if they, they thought that one through or not. Um, you know, but yeah, this, this is a pretty interesting one. We know that you could run on the Chargers here. Melvin Gordon, 17 for 83. Devontae Williams, 14 for 54 and a score. And even Teddy Bridgewater scrambled in for an 11 yard touchdown there. Um, receiving game. Devontae Williams led the team three for 57. So uh, over 100 total yards uh, for the rookie there. Uh, Melvin Gordon, just one catch for five yards. Uh, nothing else really going on uh, for the the Broncos. Uh, the the third tight end caught a touchdown, Saubert, uh, one, one catch, one yard. So anybody who liked Fant or Albert O here in a matchup against the Chargers who had allowed nine touchdowns to tight ends, um, the other guy got it. Yeah, I mean, the problem was too, Denver – didn't throw at all in this game. You know, yeah. uh, Bridgewater did get hurt. True Lock came in. Bridgewater came back. They attempted 25 passes in this game, completed 15. They played from ahead. So mm-hmm. that was the problem for anything involved in this passing game. Judy, bad game. Sutton, bad game. Fant. So it was crushed. Chargers continue to, like, just be so inconsistent, you know. Um, Turnovers in the end zone for Herbert today. You know, that's – can't have those picks. Yeah, man. I mean, they just – they don't show any consistency. We think, all right, this could be a good team, and it just doesn't happen. They have games like this, so they just cannot put anything together consistently. Yeah, Herbert's been up and down. You know, Eckler didn't do much on the ground. I mean, Keenan Allen, seven for 85. Uh, Mike Williams, only four for 39. Jared Cook made an amazing catch in the back of the end zone. I mean, even that touchdown by Herbert, he kind of just threw it up, and there was like right. four guys there, and Cook came down with it. So, yeah, Chargers are just frustrating, and they're at Cincinnati next week. That's an interesting game. That is definitely an interesting game. And then we'll finish this off here. Uh, Los Angeles Rams versus the Green Bay Packers. A uh, report came up before this game uh, that uh, Matthew Stafford is basically a broken man. 
Uh, he, he's dealing with uh, shoulder, was it ankle back injuries or elbow back injuries? Like, uh, and the pain in the back was uh, in quotations chronic. So, uh, you know, if you're somebody that has Matt Stafford, you probably saw that report and you're like, oh, shit, you know, probably, probably not great. But then he goes 21 of 38, 302 yards and three touchdowns uh, in this game. Uh, Van Jefferson had a 79 yard touchdown catch, three for 93 for him. Uh, Cooper Cup after a slow start, seven for 96. And Odell Beckham uh, tied for team high, 10 targets, five catches, 81 yards and a score for him as well. But uh, was dealing with, uh, I guess, a back injury for most of that game as well. Uh, you kind of saw him on the sidelines, getting worked on, heating pad and whatnot, but he was able to come through uh, for fantasy managers there as well. Yeah, I mean, look, you love what the Rams are doing from a fantasy perspective, right? Van Jefferson, Beckham, and Coop, Cup all played 60 snaps, Cup played 61. That's great. And 10 targets for Cup, 9 for Beckham, 9 for Van Jefferson. Higby, 61 snaps, 5 targets. And mostly Daryl Henderson. So that's yep. perfect for fantasy. I mean, you love that. Consolidation, um, baby. Yeah, man. I mean, Minnesota is the same way. You know, it's stealing Jefferson running back and Conklin here and there. But yeah, I mean, Stafford obviously threw a bad pick six. Uh, still yeah. came through in fantasy if you use them 302 and three touchdowns. But uh, yeah, Rams now reeling. It's three losses in a row. And Green Bay, look, if you started Aaron Jones, I can't blame you. Um, I didn't. I have him in two leagues. I'm like, look, if Green Bay thinks he's good enough to go out and play when they have a bye week coming up, that's why I was surprised. I'm like, oh, we can like he's not playing. Then I saw Wednesday. He's practicing Thursday. I'm like, really? And then I saw today. So I was like, all right, man, I'm going to play him now. People will just look and be like, oh, A.G. Dillon had 25 touches and Jones only had 10. That was because. They had the lead late, and they used Dylan a lot late. Jones played 43 snaps. Dylan played 39. Yeah. It's just that Dylan got most of the touches. So I, th- I thought both were good starts. Like, everywhere I had Dylan, I left him in. I was like, all right, he's still going to get touches. Um, but, yeah, the asking game work is what's surprising for me out of Dylan. I didn't, when he was drafted, nobody thought this was going to be part of his game. Yeah, they've been using him more, though, in the passing game lately. Yeah, um, now, they do have a bye week coming up, so – I'm interested to see what happens. I mean, I guess you can still use Dylan because they've been giving him double-digit touches, but I guess Aaron Jones is not – there's more of like of a mid-RB2 now because of what we see. Now we'll see. Maybe he's more healthier and explosive after the bye, uh, but it's something to keep an eye on. And, uh, you know, Valdez-Scantling, seven targets, but Lazard was back, so that hurt him a little bit. He was four for 50. Yeah, Todd so, got hurt in this game. Um, yeah, he did with the groin issue. He And he was having a good game, four for yeah. 95 and a touchdown. But, again, they have a bye next week, so it's good timing for them. It, it is good timing for them. So that wraps up our Sunday games here. Uh, Monday night football, uh, what are we thinking for this matchup here, uh, Adam? We got Seattle versus Washington. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Seattle here. I know they have not looked great. I'm thinking – at some point, Wilson will play better. Maybe he has to adjust to throwing with that finger injury. Um, so I'm going to go with Seattle. I don't feel great. I'm not going to put any money on it. I know Washington has somehow stayed afloat, and I think they are still in the playoff picture, especially if they can get a win. Uh, again, they have been better lately. It is tough to, to rely on Seattle right now, but I'm going to give them one more chance here. I need 1.8 fantasy points from DK Metcalf to win a matchup. Do you think I can get it? Yeah. 
<laughs> that might be tough. <laughs> Obviously, we're laughing here, but it should be easy. But man, with Seattle, bro, I mean, I <laughs> that's, need, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I half actually yeah. half point PBR. I need one point eight. I need a huge game from Metcalf. I think I'm already losing that league. I think my opponent has like Lockett, Collins, and DeAndre Carter. So I'm probably done anyway. But I do need Lockett in another league, and I need Gibson. I, yeah, I need big games from Gibson and Lockett tomorrow to get a couple W's. So. Um, this is this is one of those leagues where we complain all the time where I am third overall in points scored, uh, but I am five and six on the season. So do they uh, award a playoff spot for points? Uh, no, they don't. So yeah, I've top, been complaining. Six, I've been complaining about this. Playoffs, on, yeah, I've been so. complaining about this on the radio for years, man. I just don't understand why we can't do this um, or double headers, which I've used in my home league for, I don't know, 10 years. Another yeah. thing that I've you know, campaign for. It's just not that difficult. I mean, I know maybe some of the main street sites don't have that capability, the ESPN and Yahoo's, but they should. Maybe I need to talk to people over there. Be like, yo, hey, if you got connections, you know, I, th- I think anything would be uh, great. Instead of me I mean, I don't, my life I don't, here. I don't play on those sites though. So yeah. I, I use, and I'm, I don't get paid for it, but I use my fantasy league.com for my home league. So much customization, even CBS, which I use for, um, our uh, Greenwich Street Tavern League, which is industry, couple fans and people. And yeah. uh, we do two leagues of 12 in that one. We use CBS. That's customizable as well. So I just think we should be doing that. You know, and again, FSGA, they do it. They do top three records and then next three with the most points. Um, again, any variation, whether it's top five records, most points, top four records, and the next two teams with the most points, you got to reward points for a player spot too, because we see it every year. There's going to be a team that's first, second, third in points. I will say this. So for double headers, every year we always had like, you know, the right teams in. There was one year the team with the most points did not get in, even in double headers in the top six. And I said, okay, I'm changing it for the next year. We're going to do top five records. And then out of the remaining teams, most points. And that year, someone who had the most points wouldn't have gotten in if I didn't change the rule. So even in double headers, it's not as always going to work out. So I just think that it's easy to do. I don't understand why this is not more commonplace, man. It boggles my mind. It's not brain surgery. It feels like it would make sense that most points scored uh, would be a value add. And yet in a head to head format, uh, any wild things can happen. And here I am. Uh, with a losing record, about maybe likely going to be 500 at the end of this week, assuming DK comes through with that 1.8 for me. But uh, still, you know, a couple weeks still playoffs, and uh, I'm just on the edge, even though my team has performed a little bit better than that. Uh, But, Adam, that wraps up uh, this episode of Andy Up here. Any final thoughts for the folks at home? No, just keep uh, hanging in there. I mean, this was a week of some injuries, and we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, uh, if you're under 500 by one game or right around 500, you know, you're still in it. We still have that extra week this year. Most seasons, we got, what, two weeks left of the regular season. So just do whatever you can to get in the playoffs, man. Even if it looks bleak, you're like, oh, my team's not, again, Dalvin Cook could be out, maybe Debo, Darren Waller. So all of a sudden, these teams that look great, they don't look as good. Right, exactly. Uh, so, So just keep trying, people. Uh, and uh, if you have any questions you know where to reach us on Twitter 
uh, you know where to get us on Fantasy Alarm and Discord and whatnot. And Adam and I and the rest of the team will be there to help you all win. Uh, for next time, though, we'll catch you later.